2: Well, earlier this week, it was announced that John Herdman would be leaving his position of head coach of the Canadian men's national team to take over at Toronto FC in Major League Soccer. Here's a look at his coaching profile in Canada. He joined back in 2011, led the women's team to two bronze medals, and then with the men's team, they qualified for the 2022 World Cup for the first time in, I can't remember, was it 38 years? It was something around that number. Um, But he has been just a quintessential part of Canada soccer for, for so, so long. So it's kind of hard to imagine him not being a part of this. And so I think the move took a lot of us by surprise. We talked about it a little on the show yesterday. But, Christine, when you heard this news and you saw this, this move for John Herdman, did you do you see this him going from the Canadian men's national team, a national team, to Toronto FC, a, a club team? Do you see this as a move up, a lateral move, a move down? Where does it where does it sit with you?
3: For me, it was kind. To, it's still kind of a very confusing move to me because his contract he had signed for the national team was I think through twenty twenty six, and just to vacate that, I think I'm not misspeaking there, um, to go to Toronto where. I mean, he either must really be in for the quintessential "I want a new challenge," um, from my perception at least, because obviously Toronto haven't been without their issues, especially with you know some of their DPS and you know what's been transpiring with Insigne and Bernadeschi. Overall team management, disgruntled players, um, rumors of a level of unrest in the dressing room Mm -hmm. and just toxic culture there that is a lot to bite off for any manager coming into a new job so i am i'm a little bit curious as to like what else the buy-in is here i i i look at it a little bit because i think from a managerial perspective you always want to be able to coach your national teams like that's kind of your top tier Unless you're somebody that's going to be managing a team into, say, like Champions League, which I think would be for me at least mentally on par, with that level of achievement. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a I'm little bit down. Yeah, I feel like it's it's a step down, depending upon what his other.
0: I mean, we're not. Maybe even it's ma-
3: a quality of life issue. I don't know. The,
0: yeah, you're about to host a World Cup in your nation. Charlie sat here and said he felt, and this is a former player Mm -hmm. of the men's national team, he felt Canada were right now number one, this was before Nations League, but right now number one in CONCACAF. You qualified, top of your group for the World Cup if you're John Herdman. You've coached the women's, the men's. You are a staple in Mm -hmm. Canada soccer, and you are leaving that. Years before you don't even have to qualify for the World Cup you will be hosting games in the World Cup in your in the nation you've adopted because you're from England you are why would you leave that? That yeah. guy—that has That's, to show that the inkling of... something. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be such because a bad financial situation for Canada soccer. If you're willing to leave that to go to what we've all spoken about is right. a... Right now, I believe you said tire fire. I did. Last <laughs> you episode. Have, <laughs> yeah, right, you have just, a It's a very level, specific but very poignant, I think. You have a level it's of a success there. And
3: then on top of that, you also have, you know, the one, the prestige of being that manager. And then on top of that, having yeah. the most complete... Canada team you've probably ever had, to step away from that is a lot. It says a lot. It's a statement for sure.
0: Yeah, this has to to give us some insight into how dire the situation is at Canada Soccer, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. opens up the door to the questions, how did it get this bad? How did it get this bad? How did you you get – how do you have two golden eras – In the men's and women's team right now, the end of Christine Sinclair's storied career, the beginning of Afonso Davies' hopefully storied career, you're there for both of that. And somehow, Canada soccer around you has crumbled to the point where you're willing to leave that for the worst team in MLS. (laughs) What is happening? That is not good.
1: When if... If all goes right, he could have just stayed through, you know, he would have been there through the World Cup. That's the, cra- that's the craziest part yeah. about it for me, is that you're leaving a job with the World Cup on, like handed it's to you, you. almost, right. <clears throat> handed to you. So uh, this, the interesting thing about Herdman is he's never coached a club team before. He started with New Zealand's women's national mm-hmm. team, coached there, and then went to Canada. So yeah, maybe it is. For him, it feels doesn't feel like a step down because he's saying, I've done this. I've had this in and out where people come into camp, then they leave, and I have to manage that. He maybe wants to see if he can take that culture that he has developed within a national team with very little time and implement it day after day after day. If he does this, though, and that's the challenge if he figures out a way to get toronto back to toronto that we knew a couple years ago Mm -hmm. we are going to look at john herdman and think not just of what he did with canada for the men and the women but we're gonna think this guy. This guy is legit. He mm-hmm. brought Toronto out of the trash but, into literally. But yeah.
0: what, are, do we think that that's gonna give him an opportunity to move on? Usually, it's it you coach could. well in MLS and then you get an opportunity elsewhere. I think club, if you somewhere else, right, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, Listen, I don't the, know how often they poach coaches out of MLS. I, you know, it's right, not but the most. I think common it's more route. likely to young. get
3: poached from national team. But he's still young, uh-huh. and to prove that he can, in fact, manage and. Uh, Club team, I think, would still be attractive to. He might have other gotten leads.
0: that opportunity had he done well with Canada in the World Cup in 2026. Yeah, it's
2: such a showcase. It's yeah. it's an incredible showcase. Mike, I can't remember who brought this up yesterday regarding John Herdman, but you know, Bob Bradley is probably one of the more intimidating coaches that we've seen in
0: North American yeah.
1: soccer. Right? Yeah. I yeah. think we can all. Yeah. Agree one of the
0: proudest moments that. of my career is I made him smile. Yeah, that's I mean, exactly. Wow. Exactly. Thank can you. I shake so, your hand up? So
1: okay. Bob,
2: Bob Bradley couldn't... He lost the locker room. And you've got two very volatile <laughs> characters in that Toronto FC locker room in Bernadeschke and Lorenzo Insigne. Insigne. Mm-hmm. John Herdman... Is he going to be able to come into that TFC locker room and command respect and sort of get things, bring things together, bring that group together? And that's a question that I have because you still have these players there. You know, the locker room is still Mm -hmm. going to look the way it is right now. So he's going to enter. I believe he's going to take over on October 1st, which...
3: It's weird. It's also strange. It is it's a good strange. way to wash your
0: hands in a situation like you know, yeah. that's not my thing. Really, I just yeah. I I wonder if, if we'll something be able else to comes to
3: light that caused him to make that series of decisions personal to him. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Just based on the timeline of starting, stopping, uh, yeah. and otherwise. It, Again, it would be none of our business, anything that's not made public, but I just think that there could be other factors at play just based
1: on that gap. Without qualifying, though, because Canada doesn't have to qualify, there's no real important games in the next couple Mm -hmm. of years. So if you're John Herdman, you're thinking, okay, how— I I don't know. How do you grow a team when you're not playing these important games where a lot is on the line? He's been there a while. Like, sometimes coaches just need a new flavor. This is going to be that. Jason Hernandez, now the GM, uh, former MLS player, now the GM at Toronto. Uh, You know, these are the the people that you're rooting for, Mm -hmm. like coming through the league, now leading a squad. So it's two young guys, like, running a a really prestigious club in MLS – I think we'll there are so many they're, more questions. I know I have questions. there are a lot of questions. Yeah. I do
2: think there it's it's going to be a complete rebuild at at TFC though at some point. I do I, after the season. I wonder what what it will all look like next yeah, season. Because yeah. there's a lot of a lot of issues as it I is right now.
0: Taj Buchanan, I know, you know Kyle and Jonathan David, Alfonso Davies, Yeah, you've got this young group, young core of players What's that the outside where I, yeah, I would have yeah. loved
3: Who does Canada go, who, who, oh, so does Canada go Yeah. After? I think that's a harder ask than you know, Toronto's issues is who, who can succeeds they afford? right men that can continue
0: might be, uh, this might be a forward. bucket of Top Ramen as the coach. With the, from what the money they have, from what we're hearing, <laughs> a dollar slice is going to coach. Top, top Ramen. And I
2: like cup of noodles myself. Yeah,
0: you're a cup of noodles guy? <laughs> wow. <laughs> do you add anything <laughs> to that your cup actually. of noodles or you just go with the pack? Oh,
2: no, I go with the pack.
0: Yeah? Yeah. I add a little hot sauce to
2: Oh, look at you. Okay. Of course you do.
0: Look at me. I'm the guy on the bear. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Great show, by the way. All right.
3: Yeah,
2: chef. Oh, time for another break, guys. Um, and Ali Trost-Martin will be back with some headlines on the other side. Don't go anywhere.
0: This is Tony Kornheiser show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else.
2: Welcome back. Here's a look at Wednesday's footy fix. We've got the Champions League qualifier PSV versus Rangers at 3 p.m. Eastern. You can watch on Paramount Plus and Galazzo Network. Doncaster taking on Everton in the Carabao Cup at 3 p.m. on ESPN Plus. And then tonight we've got that Inter-Miami match uh, versus Nashville at 7.30 p.m. You can watch on Apple TV Plus. But right now we're going to send it on over to Allie
4: Trost-Martin who's got some headlines for us. I do, Suze, and the roster for the U.S. Men's National Team's upcoming September friendlies will be announced later today, and head coach Greg Berhalter made headlines this week by revealing that he has yet to speak to Gio Reyna since being rehired. In an interview with Vanity Fair, Berhalter admitted to waiting to consult mediation specialists before speaking with Reyna to repair their fractured relationship. The division between Berhalter and Reyna occurred after the World Cup when Reyna's parents attempted to have Berhalter fired and after Berhalter revealed that Reyna Reina's behavior in Qatar nearly led to him being sent home early. Reina has been injured since the Concacaf Nations League finals in June, and only recently returned to training with Borussia Dortmund, which likely, uh, which makes it likely rather that he will be well, he will not be called up for the friendlies in September. And switching over to Manchester, Raphael Varane is the latest Manchester United player to pop up on the injury list. According to multiple reports, the French defender could miss up to six weeks with an injury suffered during United's recent 3-2 win against Nottingham Forest. Varane came off at halftime with an undisclosed injury, which could force United to keep Harry Maguire after spending the summer trying to sell the former club captain. And sticking with Manchester United, the club's looking for a new left back in the, in the last few days of the summer transfer window. According to multiple reports, United is working on a loan move for Chelsea fullback Mark Cucurella, following injuries to Luke Shaw and Tyrell Malacia. The Red Devils are working on a $4 million loan fee offer to Chelsea for Cucurella, who had a forgettable first season at Chelsea after his $68 million move from Brighton. And he has yet to appear for Chelsea's first three matches this season. We turn now to MLS which is playing a full slate of matches tonight and the headliner has to be Lionel Messi and Inter Miami taking on Nashville SC in a rematch of their recent Leagues Cup final. Miami coach Tata Martino confirmed yesterday that Messi will start tonight after coming off the bench and scoring a goal in Saturday's 2-0 win against New York Red Bulls. Miami are currently 11 points out of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference with 11 regular season matches to go in the MLS season. And in women's soccer news, it is the end of an era for Megan Rapinoe. U.S. Soccer confirmed on Tuesday that the next month's friendly on September 24th against South Africa in Chicago will be Rapinoe's final national team match. Rapinoe officially announced her retirement from professional soccer in July ahead of the Women's World Cup and with her last ever match likely to be whenever O.L. Reigns' season concludes this fall. Jordan, Rapinoe has had such a massive impact. Both on and off the field. Do so you have a, what is your most memorable of hers in a US women's national? Oh, team it, has, it has to be the cross to Abby Wombach
1: <laughs> to cross. get them into yes. the final back in um, in Germany, I, I wanna say. Um, it was an incredible last seconds of the game against Brazil. They needed to score. And here comes Megan Rapino, just almost ele- effortless as ever dribbling down the sideline long ball wombach heads it in in the celebration like I will never forget watching that game seeing it um, yeah it was 2011 World Cup um, gosh I think that is the, the most memorable I like the graphic though has like every <laughs> hairstyle she's yeah, ever yeah, done. Yeah. they really went all out on um, composing that she's a lot. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The blue is a little look bit longer. She wore pre-wrap OG. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. the headband? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah. 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 I've um, known Megan Rapinoe for a long time. We went on our recruiting trip to Santa Clara together. She ended up going to Portland with her twin sister, Rachel, instead of Santa Clara. So we, we played against each other, played with each other. Um... She too had three ACLs and for me they were were the same age and to think that she's still doing what she's doing um on such a big stage after all that she's been through physically is remarkable. Wow. Remarkable also shows just the, the the help she has gotten to get through those being on the national team and so for so many years. So uh yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be weird to have a national team without Megan Rapino and I feel like we felt that over the years. It was weird when Mia left and then Brandy left and Christine Lilly left. Mm-hmm. Julie Foudy, now we're into that next wave. Carly Lloyd's gone. Now Megan Rapinoe. It it should be celebrated, but also I'm excited for the next. I'm excited for what's next. I'm excited
2: because I think, you know, her legacy is is going to be one that's Mm -hmm. so multifaceted because not only was she an incredible player on the pitch, but what she has done for women in this sport and the fight for for equal pay is just – I don't know. It's just something that I think that we are going to celebrate. And I almost think that that part of her legacy is going to to surpass what she did on the field. Because historically, you see these movements from teams and going up against their federations and fighting for, for equal pay, I think, and, and for LGBTQ plus yeah. rights and all of that. Like I think that is going to be one of the biggest parts of of her legacy and the conversations that we have about her, and that she's going to continue that work. You know, she's not going to sure. be playing
3: anymore. And I think that's she's also like a massive statement, right? Because yeah. she's such an extraordinary player yeah. that for her philanthropy and activism to even rise to that same level is remarkable. Yeah, I, I think that she's done a lot for the game. She's done a lot for. For for women, for people in general. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, the best that we can do is is continue that, right? Yeah. And, and I think that she's set a good tone yep. for, you know, subsequent generations that, you know, have the have the audacity to stand up yeah. and, and speak out and fight for what you think is right.
0: That's the thing too for me, just someone watching what she does off the pitch is almost as important as what she does on. The bravado she carries. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in a house with four very strong uh, women, You know, as my sister would put it, she's like, yeah, we got four strong, we got four strong broads in this house. Kind of like you know, the like, studio <laughs> right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Let's w- go.
0: Big will, big opinion, say it to your face. And that's, that's what I grew up around. And Mega Rapino carries that same torch. You know, she'll tell you exactly how she feels the moment she has it. You know, even just her dancing at the, at the championship parade, the last one. You know, you've got the president saying her name wrong. They're in a fight for equal pay. And she goes up there and she's having a good time. And she's willing to sort of clap back at the right moments. That, for me, I don't think we're going to... She's not leaving. She's only leaving the pitch. Mm-hmm. We're going to see her in the media a lot. She's mm-hmm. got the goods, and I can't oh, wait yeah. to see this part of her career.
2: I love it. It all makes sense While you're so comfortable right now, yeah. all this does. You've been surrounded by strong women uh, your dude, whole life. If
0: one of you puts on salsa music and hands me a vacuum, I know exactly what oh, to do.
3: Okay. <laughs> I think I'm <laughs> most likely to, to turn on the salsa music at least. <laughs> Cue the salsa music.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. No Pino, an absolute legend. Um, sad, to, sad to see her leave the pitch, but excited to see what's next for her. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. We are chatting some Carabao Cup on the other side. Don't go anywhere.
3: Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present
2: Welcome back. Second round of the Carabao Cup action. Yesterday saw Salford City beat Leeds on PKs. It was Osama Ashley putting away the winner there. Salford City, this is the team that is owned by Phil Neville, the class of of 92, basically. And they play in uh, League Two, and they beat Leads. So promotion, not or it's not really going well for leads.
0: No, right. but did you see how he reacted? He did the Damian Lula, like yeah, I did that. Yeah. No reaction. Let's yeah. Go. Can we
3: can we blame that on like the Beckham effect? <laughs> he's, he's like a partial owner. He's like that's that's the Beck's effect. Quick, oh my run the presses. Gracious. Wow. Leads <laughs>
0: playing like NIKKI Butt. What?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love a good NIKKI Butt reference. I appreciate that. Thank All right, you. here's a look at the Tuesday results. Um, we had. Four matches go on to PK's, Uh, Swansea City lose to Bournemouth 3-2. I did that just for our producer, Jen, because she's a big Bournemouth fan. Luton Town get the 3-2 win over Gillingham. Fulham beat Tottenham after that match went to PK's. So we are going to get into some highlights from this one, because the search for a trophy for Tottenham remains, remains. Here we go. Let's pick this up. 19th minute
0: here. Or Van De Vin. No! A beautiful shot, no. if you will. <laughs> Own goal in the 19th minute. We go to the 56th minute. We got a long ball from Parasich headed across and into the goal by Richarlison. I mentioned he might not be consistent, but there he goes. He gets it. Now we go to the penalty kicks. The weakest pen the, I've seen what? in a while. Davinson Sanchez at Colombiano had a bad game and it continued in the penalties, and there he goes. Kenny Tete sends the ball right at the middle to seal the win for Fulham.
1: Mm. Fulham's like four of their PKs, I think, were in that same spot, yeah. right? Right, almost mm-hmm. just right Did at their center. Homework. Yeah, Real apparently swag. Uh, they. Do you know they what? Came out well.
2: I was very impressed with yeah. the, their approach in that PK shootout. Um, the, it's just I'm I'm a little bit devastated though for for Tottenham because I feel like. We were the way we were talking about them, and maybe maybe we got a little too excited too, too fast, but there were such good vibes around this team and their start to the Premier League season under Anj Postakoglu. And this could have been the trophy. It seemed realistic that the Carabao Cup w- could be the trophy that they finally get, and now they're knocked out, Christine. And it just it feels like a big womp womp.
3: I don't think that this is necessarily the end of the world, but it certainly does make a statement for Apostokolou because he actually went out and said that the Carabao Cup is a priority. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe save that one for after when you figure out what's going on. But they're they're not having a terrible start to the Prem season. You know, they have two wins, one draw. How how much further do they go? I don't know, right? It's too early early to say, but like Pustakulu has a great managerial record. I still have faith in him. I just
1: think that, you know, they need to be a little bit more realistic about what they have and how they're using it. But I think he was using what he had. Mm -hmm. He made nine changes to, to the lineup from over the weekend to this game. So that, to me, is saying I'm using everything I have to say, all right, prove to me that you should be in this lineup. And there were moments in this game where you could tell that there were changes. It's just like the the distance of pressuring, the help defense, knowing where your player, your teammate is in certain situations was just a little off. Mm -hmm. And you don't get those relationships until you're in a game situation. So for me, that was the biggest thing is he gave opportunities to players in a big match and it felt just a little discombobulated from them. Granted, Fulham, they did. They, they came out with a great presence in that first half. Yeah, They, they really were crazy. all over. T- Tottenham's goalkeeper made two saves, a kick save in the second half, a really nice save in the first half to keep them actually in this game yeah, so they could go to penalties.
0: Paulina uh, continues to play an incredible game for Fulham. I mean, what an absolutely incredible player. But you, I used to, especially for me as an American watching this game, how many times they tried to go down that Anthony Robinson line and Anthony Robinson just kept saying no. You ain't going to do it. Not mm. this way. It was absolutely incredible to watch. Uh, and if you're Postal Koglu, there's a couple times where maybe they don't do this at Celtic, but the camera's always on you in England. Uh, there's a couple times <laughs> where Tottenham would make a mistake and the camera would cut to Posta Koglu and he would remember the camera's on him, and he would be like, oh, I'm... You know, <laughs> and he would straighten up. Like, bro, the, a lot of these screenshots are going to be used against you, buddy. Um, if you're the, – the thing for me that hurts the most as an Arsenal fan is finding the joy in the Tottenham loss. You go right to Twitter. You go right to the replies. Oh, geez. You know, and, and the replies were – yeah, I feel bad because Postacoglu came out and said it was a priority. That was being used against him. The uh, yeah. Chiellini quote of, uh, you know, this is the history of Tottenham. <laughs> I just – over and over again. Man, you got to – at some point, you got to start feeling bad for Tottenham fans because you saw. in the lead-up to this, they believed, as much as we believed, this was a good competition for them, I think so did they. And for for the run to end game one, that's tough.
3: What I need for Tottenham to do is do better Show some teeth, do so that I can feel joy when they is inevitably slide backwards. Yes, this is the
0: so, yes. this side. is the Gunner side. But also- wait, isn't it better to beat a team when they're when they're good? Yes,
3: I want yeah. them to be their best, so that way, when they inevitably fail, as yes. they do historically, <laughs> I get extra joy. This is in my. I head. just like the do
1: best. Can you just do better?
3: Do yeah. better. It's a great pep talk. Yeah. <laughs> do better. Maybe that's all <laughs> Bossa needed to say. He's like, you know, man nine sub on I, do better. Yeah, I just yeah. felt
1: like. No, was, There was did. a disconnect to saying, hey, this is important, and right. I'm going to make nine changes.
0: Yeah, yeah. also, when, okay. when Madison comes on, the team's completely different. Yeah, yeah. but you're yeah. absolutely yeah.
3: right with that. Just the the statement that he made doesn't match what he did tactically. It just, it, if you're going to let like them run loose and see who has what, fine. If you're going to kind of use it as a training exercise, I'm all on board, but... The, I think he kind of lost the plot midway yeah. through so there.
1: You have to win over the, yeah. on the yeah. weekend. You yeah, have yeah, to win yeah. on
0: the weekend. Craven Cottage was lit. It looked electric yeah. last it night. It did. That was so dope.
3: Very, very cool atmosphere.
2: Um, all right, we've got some games today to look forward to in the Carabao Cup. Here's a look at today's fixtures on tap. We've got Chelsea hosting Wimbledon. Harrogate Town versus Blackburn. Nottingham Forest will face Burnley. Sheffield United taking on Lincoln City. And Doncaster versus Everton. You can watch all these matches on ESPN+. All right, let's talk about Chelsea. Uh, we spoke about it a little yesterday and that in teams like Chelsea and Tottenham, it's kind of interesting to see them enter the Carabao Cup this early. We're not typically accustomed to that, but here we are. For For Chelsea, they are coming off their first win in the Premier League season with uh, that 3-0 win over Luton Town. For them, I, in the same way that, you know, Tottenham kind of, needed this I feel like Chelsea need this as well considering all the turmoil from last season all the money that they have once again spent Alexis it just feels like this could be a, a big opportunity for Pochettino as well.
0: Yeah I look if you're Chelsea you if you're a Chelsea fan you want this team to start to show you that they're not the Chelsea from last year. Mm-hmm. And I think a good way to do it is to be competitive in almost any competition you're put in front of. You don't have European competition. This is going to be huge for you. Getting a cup like this or an FA Cup could be a nice boon to the Mauricio Pochettino era. And if you look at this, you're going up against AFC Wimbledon, which, you know, the fan favorite, right? MK Dons left, which is funny because MK AFC Wimbledon becomes MK Dons. That's where... Deli Ali started. Mauricio Pochettino gave Deli Ali his best career, so there's a little bit of a connection here to the team. But if you're MK Dons, you probably don't have. You're starting your best squad. You probably don't have a, a great chance against, you know, the billion-dollar club that is Chelsea. Um, but if you're Chelsea, do not bring your kids into this. This is an, <laughs> an opportunity. He hinted at then that. Then you're going to hate know. this because he hinted I know. At it. it's do probably,
3: it. in my opinion, he's bringing the academy kids up. There was speculation that he had been training with them, that he hadn't even released the names to media yet as of late last night because he hadn't notified them yet, and he wanted to have the opportunity to speak with them. So I think my expectation is he's bringing the academy kids in here. Is he in a weird situation? Yes. Chelsea are still doing transfer market business down to the wire. He also has nine injuries right now that he's navigating. So they have Bettinelli, Reese James, Benoit Baraschel, Wesley Fofana, Choloba, Chukwameka, Muja. Mkuku, Broha all injured. That was so, incredible. there's <laughs> nine players, like Chelsea are, they need to burn Sage. I don't know what the <laughs> answer is at this point. They, I, I think they're trying to fix everything at the same time. Yeah. And that exacerbates every single problem you have all at once until you eventually get them all corrected. So I don't know that I expect too much out of this AFC Wimbledon match. Like you don't even expect them to win? I think they, I think they could scrape by for sure. I, it just depends on what exactly his strategy is going into this match. <laughs> Raheem Sterling is healthy and he's been playing very, very. Yes, well. Raheem him, Sterling so will be, literally put great. this team on his back if he, yes, he can.
2: Exactly. But, um, if they, if they, if they're able to get a result today, I do feel like he will be.
3: I think it'll in be doubt. a positive for them to move forward for sure. Yeah. I think if they lose, it'll be way more damning than any attributed win. I think that, you know, the loss will mean significantly more than a win at this point, uh-huh. um, because it'll point to other things. Uh-huh. But I think that um, Pochettino's actually a very good manager. So we'll see what he can shake out here. Actually, <laughs> like, gold star, buddy, you can do it.
0: <laughs> Go get it. I like it.
3: I like it. <laughs> All
2: right, guys, uh, time for another break. We are going to chat some NWSL when we come back. Welcome back. Only five games left for NWSL teams in the regular season. Here's a look at the current standings and it is tight. There is only seven points between sixth place and 12th place. No team has been mathematically eliminated from the playoff picture as of yet. Jordan, is it unusual? for that to be the case, this late in the season with only five games. That that even Chicago, who have not had a good season, still technically are in it.
1: Yeah, unfortunately that part is an understatement, not having a good season. It's been been pretty terrible for Chicago. But these last two years, when there have been 12 teams in NWSL, we have seen this type of table because the the wealth of players has been spread out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing the, you know, uh, high tide rises all boats. The team's playing a little bit better. And there's been games where li- literally anybody can win in this league. And I think that's what keeps it so close. Last year, there were five teams fighting for the last couple of spots in through the last week Kansas City was in last wow. until they won they had an 11 game on streak going into the postseason and then they end up going to the final so I would say in these last two years with 12 teams, this is what we're seeing now. And I would imagine that's only going to get crazier as we add more teams coming, not this coming year, but or, or actually, yeah, this next year. So it'll be interesting yeah, to see.
2: It is. It's an interesting playoff picture right now. We've got some teams that are kind of hovering in and around that that final spot. Um, the OL Rain, Orlando Pride, Angel City. When you look at some of these teams, even Louisville, I'll throw Louisville yeah, in there as, mm-hmm. as well. Christine, if you look at these teams, who who do you think has the best chance
3: at playing in the postseason? I don't. Uh, I feel like I've kind of quietly. I don't want to count out OL rain, mm-hmm. but they've only won one of their last five matches. Um, they have the lower goal differential of those top teams. So. Not not looking great mm-hmm. a- among them. Um, who else do we have in that? We've got let's put Orlando Pride in there, who also
2: had a very terrible start to the season.
3: They did, but I feel like they're they're turning yeah. that around. I feel like there's a lot of power there. Um, yeah. I think that Getting some of those players back there's the mentality and everything is is back firing on all pistons for Orlando I have a lot more faith in
1: them than some of the other squads that are kind of on that borderline yeah. yeah in the pride they were not good at the beginning of mm-hmm. the year, but Seb Hines has instilled a way, a style of playing that this team had to work through a little bit. Like they had to work out the kinks early on and they were giving the ball away and basically just giving up goals because of them trying to be more confident on the ball. It is now paying off and they get Hafaeli. World Cup center back from Brazil. So now you have Emily Madrill and Rafaeli next to each other. Probably the best center back pairing in NWSL now is at Orlando Pride. They're doing things going forward with Adriana Marta and even Julie Doyle. I like this Pride side and how they're progressing, but. You can't count out racing Louisville. I said it the other day. This Louisville squad, um, we're up there at the World Cup with players with the most goals. I think eight goals for them during that World Cup. Uchenna Kanu, Tembi Katlana, Ari Borges, I think is my favorite midfielder in NWSL. But for OL Reign, I feel like they're going to have to, one, figure out how they put all the right pieces on the field, because Laura Harvey has a wealth of players to play with. Um, but they they need to figure out a way to get points they have challenge cup now the next couple the, the next week They have three games in a week potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I bid the farewell challenge cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: Probably the last time we'll see it hopefully because it, it I is think it, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. gonna
1: change the yeah. way it's gonna yeah. change up but I I feel like this is gonna be interesting because I also don't I don't count out KC current because even really? though there's They're second to last really they wow. just got Lauren, the other Brazilian center back mm-hmm. from the World Cup. They get Stein Ballsteiner from Denmark. They've shored up their back line. They have Dabinia healthy. I I, I think Gatra and Di Bernardo on the up. Labonte is scoring goals.
2: Guys, a nice. This one is too,
1: recently. I mean, five games yeah. left. It I know it's going not a lot. to be hectic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hectic. yeah it it is. Hectic. And it's you brought Rafa,
0: Rafa Salza, who came from Arsenal. She was balling out at Arsenal.
1: Left footed center back, like, unlocks things for this yeah. Orlando team. So fun to watch.
0: I've never seen a defender come in and be like, oh, like the excitement that a defender's coming in, because I agree with you. I think she's going to lock everyone in front of her. It's going to be
1: really exciting to watch. Scored a goal in her first game mm-hmm. it, back in NWSL. She's been here before, but... Mm.
2: How about Angel City, though? Yeah. Because this is a team that I, th- I remember our conversations about them yeah. earlier were like, they can't get it together, you know? Mm-hmm. It was just, it was so wildly inconsistent. But now they are unbeaten in their last nine matches across all competitions. Uh, since they fired Freya Coombe yeah. in June, it's been a complete turnaround for this team. I mean, what have you what have you seen from, from Angel City uh, that's
1: behind this sort of resurgence? Small tweaks. I, I, Becky Tweed, I think, has instilled a little bit of grit in them like yeah. they're, they're they're feistier than they used to be but also the way that they're playing it it's more of a 4-2-3-1 they've sat to they're playing out of a double pivot when they're pressing they're pressing higher so they're going with four players on the yep. front line so those little tweaks on their defensive side and how they're building out is actually allowing them to play the way that Freya Kuhn wanted them to play mm-hmm. but they were just set up in the wrong way now um, uh, Savannah McCaskill is having a really good run of form. I think Scarlett Combreros is doing well. So there's just a different edge to this team now. Yeah, all I those think
0: draws that would have been losses under Fray. A Williams.
1: lot of the earlier bits of the season where they were struggling
3: was they weren't even getting shots off. And a lot of that adjustment has let them do that. And that was a lot of the reason that they were losing. They were, like, very low-scoring matches. Yeah. And even looking at, like, shots taken on or off target, you were like, hey, guys, you know you're not getting points for possession, right? Like- mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah. They're one Better win away making. from the playoffs. It's crazy. Yeah. The, the, turnaround.
2: NWSL, <laughs> the turnaround that <laughs> is coming. Will they be playing in the postseason?
0: This even? is what I asked uh, Sandra Herrera. I'm not sure. I do think they're grittier, and they don't lose as much. But the, still, you need to turn some of those losses into draws, which you've done, but now you need to turn those draws into wins. Can they keep that up? Because, like I said, Racing in Louisville, also one win, again, yeah. one win away from a, a playoff. And I have a little bit more confidence in them than I do Angel City right now. Mm. Maybe That's some the, of those owners Angel need to suit up the boots.
3: Yeah, I have a lot more faith in Angel City, as they okay. currently are, than I previously did. I don't think they're making the playoffs. You don't? Mm-mm. mm Interesting. It is going to be fun. <laughs> Five
2: games <laughs> remain. Mute. Five. How many texts do you yeah, get right mute, now? Mute, mute. How many texts do you get right now, Jordan? But All that. right, guys. Uh, thanks for watching. Let's do it again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Have a great day.